0: You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 39. Why do Broadway shows close? Let's get started. Hi, guys. What's going on? It's Maggie Barrett. Here. Welcome to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. If you are new to today's podcast, then welcome. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every single Monday for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actor aesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram, slide into my DMs at Actor Aesthetic, or join our Facebook group, the Actor Aesthetic Tribe. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. As always, before we dive into today's topic, which is all about Broadway and why the heck these wonderful, beautiful shows close, I want to give a shout out to the review of the week. This sweet review comes from downtown Katie Brown. Hey. And she says, this is an incredible podcast for anyone who is an actor, college student, or just a hopeful dreamer in high school. Maggie is so insightful about what it takes to be an actor in New York. She's like my theater big sister. Wait, that made me so happy. That was really, really sweet. What an amazing review. Of course, as always, I love when you guys review the podcast on iTunes. It just helps me continue to create content for you guys for free. And it just helps the podcast grow. If you're listening to me today and you have an Instagram, go ahead and screenshot this episode and post it on your Instagram so that we can let other people know about this little theater family that we are creating. All right, so without further ado, let's talk about Broadway. As of recording this, it's been recently announced that four pretty big Broadway shows have set their closing dates. Those four shows are The Cher Show, King Kong, The Prom, and Be More Chill. In addition to that, we also have the short-lived My Fair Lady that's closing. Kiss Me Kate is also closing. The plays Burn This, All My Sons, What the Constitution Means to Me, and Ink are also all closing soon. But oftentimes we wonder when a show is truly good, when a show is really good, and I felt this way about the band's visit when it closed, is why? Why are the shows closing? What happened? Some people tend to ask why do Broadway shows ever have to close? Why can't they just stay open forever? So, I wanted to outline a few reasons why Broadway shows don't last as long as we'd like today because I want to remind all of us that the theater industry is a business. And sometimes we get caught up in the idea that everything is creative and for the good of the world and that we're making a difference and we're telling beautiful stories. That's all true and that's all amazing. But also, producers need to make money. Theaters in New York City and real estate in New York City is really expensive And sometimes shows have to go to desperate measures to make sure that they can stay on and make as much money as possible for as long as possible. So here are a couple reasons why these shows in particular and why shows in general all at some point have to come to an end on Broadway. The first reason is the obvious is that they are not selling enough tickets. Probably the most obvious reason on this list is that Shows will post closing notices when they are not making enough money. And when you take into account the literal skyrocketing operating costs and huge budgets to properly run Broadway shows, producers cannot always keep shows open when the financial losses are so staggering. No one wants to lose money. In general, it takes millions, millions, to run a show per month. And if there are not enough ticket sales per week, it becomes probably impossible to keep the show on stage with all of those enormous expenses. Sometimes producers try to keep their shows on stage even when they are losing millions, as they either have the ability to personally pour more money into the show or because they believe that sales will soon pick up. A tactic called stunt casting is very often used in this case. And it's not really the same as star casting in the sense that stunt casting is usually used when a show is having difficulty with ticket sales and money. So they bring in someone like a movie star or a television star or a music star to try to keep the show afloat. Remember when Cinderella was on Broadway in 2014, they had people like Carly Rae Jepsen and Kiki Palmer and Fran Drescher to be in the show in the hopes to raise ticket sales and pander to a wider audience. Of course, sadly, those sales were unable to cover the costs, and uh, the show ended up closing in early January 2015. Broadway World releases the grosses of every Broadway show currently running each week. Just to give you an idea of what these shows are making... As of this week, the top performing musicals in regards to grosses include Hamilton at number one, The Lion King at number two, To Kill a Mockingbird at number three, which is fascinating because that means that a play making that much money is a very, very big deal. Number four is Wicked, and Ain't Too Proud is at number five. The least performing musicals in terms of grosses include Frankie and Johnny in the Claire de Lune being the last, Hillary and Clinton being second to last, Inc., which is third to last, Be More Chill, which is fourth to last, and Waitress, surprisingly, which is fifth to last. Another reason Broadway shows close could be because it's just literally a limited engagement, and especially with plays, some Broadway shows specifically only have a limited run. As opposed to shows that are open-ended, these productions may announce their Broadway closing date at the same time that they announce their opening date and theater. Occasionally, these shows run for just a few months, with the possibility of extension if ticket sales are impressive. For example, we recently saw Jez Butterworth's The Ferryman, directed by Sam Mendes, extend its Broadway run all the way through July 7th, 2017. That was already a play on Broadway that had transferred from the UK and was set to be a limited engagement run. However, because ticket sales were doing super, super well, I mean, it was hitting the millions in the first few months that it was running on Broadway, producers decided to keep it going and keep it going on Broadway because it was making good money. Another reason why shows close on Broadway is because maybe it's just not commercial enough. This is a huge factor that accounts for why many Broadway shows close. It's because they're not commercial enough. Hit shows like The Lion King and Book of Mormon and Wicked and Hamilton are perpetually sold out with premium tickets nearing the $500 range. These commercial shows not only attract the New York crowds, but more importantly, their worldwide appeal causes tourists to come to New York with hopes of finding affordable tickets. On the other hand, most shows do not reach that level of commercial success and do not attract those wide enough audiences. In the case of Be More Chill, it originally had a wide attraction to audiences' merely because it was like a cult favorite, a cult classic. It had a large, younger following for many years before it ever hit a Broadway stage. But unfortunately, that appeal doesn't last for that long. And when that audience dries out, you run into the problem of having to appeal to a wider audience. While any show could have had glowing reviews, sometimes the subject matter is not something that captures the attention of theatergoers especially when they're only interested in seeing smash hits. It's not surprising that The Lion King, Hamilton, Aladdin, Frozen, Dear Evan Hansen, Mean Girls, Book of Mormon, Harry Potter, it's not surprising that those are at the top of the list because that commercial success is massive. And then you have shows like Ain't Too Proud, which take music from very popular, widely renowned artists... And you have a whole new attraction of audience members that are coming to listen to music that they grew up loving. But if a show can't capture or continue to have the appeal of an audience, it's not going to last very long. Another reason, and this one is fascinating to me, is that the show may be housed in the wrong theater, So getting a show to Broadway is no easy feat, as we know. And there's only about 40 houses in New York City, some with long-running shows that won't be leaving anytime soon. But with hundreds, hundreds of shows, maybe even thousands of shows, to be honest, hoping to make it to a Broadway stage, it's impossibly competitive. Producers can try to get their show into a specific theater that they believe will be appropriate for the feel and style of the production. However, this is not very easy, and it's not always easy. There are some enormous theaters with close to 2,000 seats, and there are also some smaller houses that only have like 700 seats. Therefore, there are some shows that have a more intimate appeal and wish to have a smaller venue, like, for example, at the Booth Theater, and then there are some big musicals that try moving into huge houses and filling all the seats, like Wicked in The Gershwin. That being said, not all the shows move into a theater that might be considered appropriate when taking into account the feel and commercial appeal of the show. Sometimes... Shows are expected to do incredibly well financially. However, they move into larger theaters and are unable to fill as many seats as was originally projected. Let me bring up the example of On the Town, and this show ran for 28 previews and 368 regular performances before closing in September of 2015. So it played at the Lyric Theater, which has over 1,900 seats. If you've gotten to catch Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, that's the show that's currently playing at that theater. If you've gone to that theater, you know how big it is. For the majority of the run of On the Town, specifically during the summer, the musical really struggled to fill more than 60% of the seats. I do believe that there's a strong possibility that this show would have run longer if it was in a smaller theater, because when you put that into perspective, 60% of 1900 is over 1100 which means they were still selling really well and selling more seats than many of the other theaters. But from a producer's perspective, if you are paying for the real estate of a massive theater and you are not making that money back in seats because you're not selling enough to cover that cost, you want to close that show ASAP. There are other reasons out there why shows may not make it. Like the marketing campaign maybe wasn't strong enough or maybe there's just terrible word of mouth. Maybe the celebrity in the show's contract runs out. Maybe there are poor reviews bashing from critics. Maybe the theater owners honestly want to just house a new production and sales have fallen below an agreed amount. Or a show simply slows down and loses steam. However, ending a Broadway run doesn't mean it has to just end. Not all Broadway shows are successful. Some shows close much too early, even if there were excellent reviews, brilliant cast, and dedicated fans. There are definitely a couple shows on my list that I wish didn't close as soon as they did. Big Fish was amazing. I'm sad that that one closed quickly. Jason Robert Brown's Parade closed super fast. Obviously, it had really dark subject matter, and it only ran 84 performances. Bridges of Madison County... That one closed on Broadway after only 137 performances. And Bright Star, too, if you remember that being on Broadway. That closed within four months of opening. But again, if a show closes on Broadway, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the end for the show. If a show is not touring or playing on Broadway, it has the possibility to be licensed, which means that the rights may be released for the show to be performed. When a show is still performing a New York run, it would not be licensed as there is a worry that regional productions could potentially affect ticket sales. Think about it. There's never been a school production of Wicked. This may include regional, community theater productions, or high school productions, which can be hugely successful. Susicle, which ran on Broadway for only 198 performances in the 2000-2001 season, did not have the easiest time attracting audiences and selling a lot of tickets. However, as we know, as we theater people know, despite its closing on Broadway, it is consistently one of the top musicals to be produced in schools. According to an article posted in 2018 by NPR, the top performing musicals in high schools included Beauty and the Beast, The Addams Family, The Little Mermaid, Into the Woods, Cinderella, Shrek, Susicle, Little Shop of Horrors, The Wizard of Oz, and Annie. Not surprising, yeah? So let's talk about what all of this means in regards to this current Broadway season, especially after all of the glitz of the Tonys fades away. Three shows have already closed and their fortunes were made clear even before the Tonys. That includes King Lear, which closed the day of the awards itself, while Gary and Hillary and Clinton followed suit in short order. None had grossed enough to sustain their planned runs, and only Gary was able to nab more than a single Tony nomination. They all closed each about a month ahead of schedule at a severe loss to their investors. So each of those plays were severely impacted by ticket sales. Those investors are sitting pretty relative to the ones backing The Prom, however. The Prom, which is a $13 million musical, set August 11th as its final night. After a couple of months of goodwill and seven nominations, what I found out is that its producers played a valiant long game, taking out multiple loans to float the show through a very rough winter. But that just wasn't enough to keep it afloat even despite a national profile boost in the form of Ryan Murphy's new Netflix adaptation. I'd say that The Prom's producers were probably in the tightest of spots this spring. To have any chance of recouping their costs, they needed to really win big at the Tonys and become a genuine sellout hit, but they came out empty-handed, and because of that, they are now deeper in the red than they would have been if they had just been snubbed and cut their losses early. Which is really interesting because nominations, Tony nominations, can be a blessing and a curse for underdogs. Speaking of underdogs, we have Be More Chill, which is also closing August 11th, and they happen to be feeling the added pain of what some on its team call a personal attack. Though the musical is a hit amongst Gen Z fans... The Tonys gave them a cold shoulder, and not only that, but then they used the show's biggest song without crediting the composer or even letting him know it would be performed. There's a post on social media that the actual composer of the show posted, and he talks about the Tonys and how he had no idea that Sarah Bareilles, Josh Groban, and James Corden were going to be doing a parody of Michael in the Bathroom, which is a hit song from the show. Altogether, that night was just like a double smack in the face for Be More Chill. And because of all of that, that $9 million musical will close at a near total loss, according to several of its investors. However, like I mentioned earlier, they will have a shot at making a decent licensing revenue. All of those fans will be dying to see it or perform it at their local theaters. And then in regards to limited runs, we have two other Tony casualties that were scheduled to close regardless as part of Roundabout's non-profit season. The play All My Sons and the musical revival of Kiss Me Kate were nominated for a total of seven awards, including their respective best revival categories, and they won nothing. Some shows proved to be completely snub-proof, Like To Kill a Mockingbird, which despite what appeared to be a personal rebuke from Tony nominators, they're getting the last laugh because Mockingbird broke its box office record for the seventh time, grossing $2 million, a milestone for an American play on Broadway. So we win some, we lose some, we get some really beautiful, artistically fulfilling Broadway shows, we get some massively commercially successful shows. And we get some that fall somewhere in between. And that's just how this business works. So now I want to know your opinions. When you screenshot this episode and you post it on your Instagram, I want you to tag at actor aesthetic and I want you to post which musical of all time that you think closed too soon on Broadway. Make sure to include that answer on your Instagram story so I can see it. Well, you guys, that concludes episode 39. Wow. Of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. If you enjoyed that, please go ahead and help me out by leaving a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts so you can continue to help grow the podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic. You join our Facebook group, the Actor Aesthetic Tribe. I love that little community that we're building over there. All of those links are in the show notes, or you can email me at Maggie at aesthetic.com. It takes a village, y'all. I'll see you next week.